Hi, and welcome to another episode of Becoming Less, an Edmontonian journey to less waste, less impact, less consumption, and less clutter. Becoming Less is brought to you by Waste Free Edmonton, and together we're dedicated to waste reduction efforts, both big and small. I'm Emily, and today we're having our guest on, uh, the only guest that I interview, my (laughs) sister, Marianne Williams. Welcome to the show. She has a whole bunch more zero waste fails to share with us and hopefully bring some hilarity to, I guess, kind of like the serious situation of waste. Yeah, I feel feel like Biz and I talk pretty seriously about waste sometimes and like eco-anxiety and all of these things, but there is clearly, (laughs) as we discovered, (laughs) a pretty hilarious side to Zero Waste and some pretty funny and joyful moments that it's brought. So um, welcome to the podcast again, Marianne. How are you doing? I am well, Emily. It is so, so glad to be back. Um, (laughs) We just can't. We just love having you. (laughs) I hope that some people can learn from my mistakes or at least like commiserate in some of the yeah funniness (laughs) that's what I'm kind of hoping for because I feel like so much of zero waste is trial and error and trying things out but then of course like I guess kind of one of the things that I've learned that is a little bit tough with zero waste is that there's a lot of trial and error but because it's also zero waste you like commit (laughs) like for example I'm like I've tried like I've made products and then been like, well, I guess I have to use this all up because that's the zero waste way. And I mean, I haven't had too many catastrophic things happen. We, we kind of mentioned in the last episode with you that I wanted to tell my toothpaste story. Um, oh, yeah. So maybe we can just start out with that. <laughs> Let's start with that. Uh, yeah. yeah. Tell us your toothpaste story. Okay. So this was kind of early on in my zero waste journey. And I had just, you know, gone out and bought the tongue depressor, the, the tongue depressor, the tongue <laughs> scraper. And I was like ready to start my journey. And I had looked into one of actually one of my favorite zero waste people still to date is Lauren Singer. She has oh, a blog. Oh, Trash for Tossers. Yeah. She has a blog, Trashes Trash for, for Tossers. tossers. And I just, I just genuinely really like her. Um, and she was kind of like, she's been kind of like a off and on going resource for me um, over the last little while. And uh, so one of the recipes on her blog was like, make your own toothpaste. Like it's super easy. This is what I do. And so she made her own toothpaste uh, with like coconut oil, like the famous of course. coconut oil. <laughs> yeah. Like you can't have a zero waste recipe without coconut oil in it. Yeah. So I think it was coconut oil, baking soda, and like spear mint, like essential oils or something, mm-hmm. like a couple of drops. And I had just bought, I don't even know why, to be honest, this is kind of embarrassing, but I was like out shopping at the bulk refill store and they had activated charcoal. And I'm like, oh my God, I've read about activated charcoal. I should yeah, get throw some. that in there. Yeah. Throw it in there. I should get some. What a good idea. So I bought this activated charcoal in bulk and then was like, okay, what can I use this in? Which is like not how you're supposed to do things. Anyway, so then I was like, yeah, I'll just like put some in because I had heard, you know, I feel like that has also been another fad as of late. Like even in commercial grade toothpastes, like to have activated charcoal and it's like super healthy for your gums. And like, blah, blah, blah. Did you do the, did you do goth mouth? I don't know what that is. So but when, 
It's like when you turn into a heavy metal singer, but when you brush your teeth with honestly black dirt. I like mixed up this, you know, like a tiny little mason jar. It was like only supposed Mm -hmm. to be enough for like, you know, a month. And I'm brushing my teeth. And so the first thing that you kind of have to learn when you're brushing with something like coconut oil or like things that don't foam is that like you get pretty drooly. (laughs) So like, right, because it just doesn't foam and like consistency is different. So I'm like trying to kind of learn how to brush with this toothpaste. And then there's another kind of added like weirdness because you're not supposed to like because it's an oil right and it's a solid oil so you're not really supposed to like spit this toothpaste down the sink you're supposed to like kind of keep it in your mouth and then you just spit it in the garbage but like it's kind of hard to do that anyways so there's this activated charcoal in it and yeah it literally (laughs) is just like that it was so painful like me brushing my teeth and of course like I'm not someone who spends a lot of time getting ready in the morning so so you know I like only a lot you know 15 or 20 minutes to like get myself ready in the bathroom and my bathroom my mouth like everything was just like black charcoal like everywhere and you can't get it out of everything And it was just an absolute disaster, like, in my bathroom. And so I'm pretty sure I did end up, like, using using quite a bit of it or maybe, like, using it for a different purpose. But then I feel like I remember talking to you about it and you were like, oh, activated charcoal, it's pretty, like, abrasive. So you really shouldn't be adding it (laughs) to your toothpaste. Like, I would not recommend for people to do that if you are making your own toothpaste. What I would recommend, actually, uh, is to get toothpaste and try it out from our sponsor, James Toothpaste. (laughs) Just a little plug here. Their toothpaste tablets actually do foam, so you don't get drooly everywhere. Anyways, but that's just just a little plug for them. But yeah, basically, this activated charcoal was not a good idea. And just, yeah, like whatever this goth mouth is that you're talking about, (laughs) like that is exactly what I had. And then, of course, trying to rinse it out and it's oily and you have to like spit it in the garbage. I don't know. Anyways, it was a it was a tough transition. Yeah, regardless to say I don't make my own toothpaste anymore. (laughs) That's not something that I do. Yeah, so I I had like the exact same experience as you. I experimented with the coconut oil and Mm -hmm. the activated charcoal. Yeah, it does. It gives you what I affectionately call goth mouth. (laughs) So like my roommates were like terrified whenever I brushed my teeth. (laughs) They'd be like, what is going on in there? They'd be like, Marianne, have Um, you just been smoking instead of like, um, oh my gosh. But yeah, actually another thing and this is again from Bay Johnson. So I can't even remember all of the the whole story here on her end. But for some reason, she oh she doesn't use dental floss. Oh she, right, because some dental floss has plastic in it, right? Yeah, and I mean it comes traditional dental floss. You know, comes in little plastic cases and stuff. And so she was using silk thread that she had. Oh um, yeah, like from a shirt. That she yeah, that she from, had like, like pulled out something. of an old shirt yes. or something. Mm-hmm. I remember and hearing about this. Yeah, so you know that was like the ultimate zero waste mm-hmm. <laughs> solution to dental floss. Yeah. Anyway, so I actually at one point, <laughs> B Johnson I'm used so... silk as, as used silk as floss, so I had to use silk as floss. I I think <laughs> I actually went out and bought a spool of silk thread to use. 
Okay. As dental floss. Anyway, long story short, thankfully I have pretty good teeth, but I went to the dentist and this would have been when I was in Toronto mm-hmm. and I told them about my zero waste Okay, you're like <laughs> like plastic free dental routine, and uh-huh. they were like, "What?" <laughs> and admittedly, I just, like, activated you know, charcoal and rub it all over my teeth, and well, actually, well, they were concerned about the charcoal, but really, baking soda straight on your teeth like that is not. It can great. also be really abrasive, right? Yeah, and. Yeah, the other thing with coconut oil, and you kind of touched on this, but like you can't spit it down the sink or it'll clog your pipes. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, they were just like, oh, yeah, I mean, I don't think you should keep doing that. It'll really, it'll be tough on, it's really tough on your enamel. Yeah, over um, time. After a mm-hmm. while. And you do want you, it, it goes back to this pH level. Commercial, regular toothpaste, it's, it's not like super acidic or super basic. Mm-hmm. I think it's more basic than acidic. Well, I think your mouth in general is, is slightly acidic? more acidic. So, yeah. you know, but you just, you want to be kind of careful with that over time. Of yeah. course, like trying it out is not. Yeah. If you like, <laughs> I hope we're not like it. terrifying the listeners <laughs> that are like, <laughs> that are like, oh my God, I use baking soda once to brush my teeth. <laughs> It's going to dissolve oh, your no. teeth. Yeah. yeah. No, I, just... Um, <laughs> Better book yourself a dentist appointment. <laughs> Stat. <laughs> yeah. Well, I told my I told my dentist what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, because they had offered me a plastic toothbrush or something. And I said, oh, actually, I use these wood toothbrushes with yeah, you're like, more no, no. bristles that I import from Australia. Yeah. And anyway, they were just like, my particular dentist was not did not recommend that I continue with that routine. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I I sort of defied her for a little bit because I was like, you know, big dental she doesn't know industry. anything. Yeah. <laughs> but her, I did her garbage doesn't fit in a jar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. but eventually after a while, I did sort of re examine <laughs> that. <laughs> My teeth are fine. <laughs> no, my teeth are fine, but yeah, the listeners um, can't don't know what you look like, but your teeth are great. Like my teeth are fine, but we may have crappy hair in the Williams family, <laughs> but we got good teeth. <laughs> um, but I did. The older I got, the more kind of worried I got about irreversible damage to my teeth. Um, yeah. And like, for example, for me personally, I've decided that I think fluoride is good for Mm -hmm. me. I know not everybody is a fan of fluoride. Yeah, I feel like fluoride is a controversial topic. I'm on your side. I also agree with fluoride. And I think that that's important. That's a priority for me in my dental care. Yeah, some people are kind of nervous about fluoride. That's Mm -hmm. fine. But for me, I... I do use a toothpaste with fluoride in it. Um, mm-hmm. And I also, I had, I am sad, but I had to give up the wooden toothbrush. I actually got an electric toothbrush, which I know is more wasteful. I also have an electric toothbrush. Yeah. Um, which I, to be honest, I have actually, <laughs> I actually looked into getting bamboo heads, like for an electric toothbrush. Because mm-hmm. um, I've had an electric toothbrush I would say the majority of my life and I just really mm-hmm. find that my dental 
hygiene. Like I just feel like my teeth don't get as clean with a regular manual brush. And so actually I looked into this and it's funny we had kind of mentioned this before, but I was like, I wonder if I could get bamboo toothbrush heads for my electric toothbrush because I really love my electric toothbrush. And the only way that I could get them was like in China. And I think I had to buy like them in bulk. Like it was like a distributor that was selling right. them. Yeah. And I would have had to a buy like- A minimum order of like 2000. <laughs> yeah, it was like 10,000 like wooden toothbrush heads that I like didn't even actually know if they would fit my toothbrush head from China. And I was like, oh, I feel like maybe this isn't the best option. Um, yeah. So luckily I didn't splurge for that. But yeah, if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, what's a niche market that I could get into? <laughs> There's your tip. I would buy them. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. It's a little bit tricky because I'm with you. I really prioritize my dental health. Um, in Edmonton, we do have fluoride in our water. Mm-hmm. So um, I have been using toothpaste tabs, the change toothpaste tabs that I use, they don't have fluoride in them. I think that this is something that they're um, looking to incorporate like in their future. Right. But I think that like fluoride is obviously it's a drug. So it's regulated a little bit differently than other things in toothpaste. Yeah, I guess that's kind of like, you know, if you have fluoride in your water, and that's something that's important to you, you might be getting enough fluoride just through your tap water. But if not, Look at fluoride rinses or fluoride toothpaste or, you know, you can get toothpaste in metal tubes or like there's lots of alternatives. Um, You just kind of have to do some digging and research to figure out what works best for you. And that being said, like I still like my partner uses a tube of toothpaste. So like we still have that in our home. Yeah, because he's not he doesn't he's not interested in switching over at the moment. So, yeah, that's also something to consider, like you don't have to be perfect all the time. With your zero waste. Well, I'm, I don't want to spend too much more time on this, but I think like for me, I've decided that, you know, fluoride is something that I, I do want to incorporate into my routine. Mm -hmm. Um, But you don't have to, like, if you use a mouthwash, for example, with fluoride in it, then you don't necessarily have to worry about fluorinated, like fluoride in your toothpaste. Yeah. You can There's try totally different alternatives. Things. Yeah. There's um, fluoride I would be really like interested that. to try toothpaste tabs that are made in Canada in particular, because when I started looking at I'm toothpaste gonna send tabs, you some. Yeah. There's yeah. some really bad toothpaste tabs that like, are I, awful. <laughs> I bought ones from a company and I won't, it was not our sponsors. It was some other company. Um, and they, I didn't realize that they were wasabi flavored. Oh my God. <laughs> I like, mm. they were green. So just I just thought, to brush oh, my teeth. spearmint. Oh my God. Um, yeah. The wasabi tooth tabs were definitely like a bit worst. of a bummer. And of course, like, you know, you buy like a <laughs> tiny pack of them and they're like, this is enough for 10 years. <laughs> yeah, you're like, darn it. Uh, yeah. yeah. The wasabi <laughs> tooth tabs were pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Bit, anyway, I'll move on from toothpaste because I think you've kind of talked, we've covered that and that's yeah, we've, we've talked, talked about, about in other episodes. So the next thing I wanted to talk about, and you guys <laughs> mentioned this a little bit in your shower episode, but like hair removal. I use a safety razor and actually I'm really happy with that. And I'm going to stick with that from mm-hmm. now on. But for a brief period, I'd been researching epilators online. Yeah, which actually we just had a someone commented on our Instagram that like they use an epilator. 
And um, uh, what's your perspective on <laughs> evaluators, Marianne? Um, so I hated it. I hated my evaluator. It was like the worst experience of my life. Yeah. So- I do not understand how people can stand them. But if it works for you, that is great. So Marianne, actually, to be honest, this story is kind of what stemmed like the idea of Marianne sharing some of her fails on this podcast (laughs) because she called me um, a little while ago because you had bought an epilator and you're like, oh, this is going to be so great. Like it'll reduce my hair. You know, this is like this is the solution to to all my hair, like trimming, shaving problems. And then you described it. (laughs) in detail being stung by a thousand bees (laughs) for 10 minutes to remove a patch of hair that's like an inch by an inch it's like the size of a dime yeah i don't know some i will say it did work on my my shins fine it didn't hurt it was the only Um, spot that you could use it without pain but honestly like (laughs) It hurt my knees. It hurt my armpits. So for it people was who awful. don't know what epilating is, because I didn't know what it was before um, Marianne told me about it. Essentially, it's like this device that's electronic or like electric mm-hmm. that like kind of somehow individually like tweezes your hair out. Well, it has a, a rotating disc. Honestly, I will say like, I'm sure that this works wonderfully for a lot of people. And I would say like the design is pretty good. It's pretty handy to use, but it's Mm -hmm. these rotating discs that act like tweezers and it actually (laughs) pulls out individual hairs and it's shaped like a razor. It actually looks like a rate, like an electric razor. Yeah, it kind of looks like a electric Um, razor. You don't need (laughs) shaving cream or. And you do it, um, you can do it dry, right? You can do it dry. There's no there's no risk of cutting yourself. You can do it in the shower, underwater. Like it's it's really cool. Like I was very sold on the epilator and I bought one and I was really <laughs> excited to use it. And I was Until like you used it. Oh my gosh, I cannot handle this. Um <laughs> it was so painful. I I can see how if you continue using it, like you get used to it. And <laughs> Like that's like just the consistent pain. You just it's fine. But for me, I was just like, you know, I shaving is not that big of a deal for me. I have a system that works for me and I think I'll just stick Yeah, why with would that. I torture myself <laughs> by a thousand bee stings like every time? Cuz you were planning on using it like on your armpits and like, yeah, everything maybe on your legs below and- my chin basically. <laughs> Yeah, it um, di- it, it didn't did it did not work. work for me. Um, but I will say, like the epilator, it's really popular in a lot of places all over the world. Like in Israel, it's very mm-hmm. you know it's normal. A lot of people ha- use epilators in Europe and um, the Middle East is also like, and India um, mm-hmm. are big big epilator users. So you know it might be that I have really sensitive skin. I might not have the right like hair type or something for it, but yeah, epilator did not work for me. <laughs> not your <laughs> not your method of hair removal. That's for it sure. was 
Yeah, it was not my thing. But. I did. Okay, so after you told me about the epilator story, I like started doing a bit more research and I watched this video of like 21 different ways to remove hair. And this woman like gridded her legs and like tried a bunch of different methods on like different patches of her legs. And when she got to the epilator, she she was like had the reaction I imagine you were having in your bathroom and was like, why would anyone do this? Like, she was like, this is awful. Like, who would do this to themselves? She was just, she was like upset. (laughs) Yeah. This was a a device that we used in the beauty industry. But anyways, yeah, I'm sure that it works for some people. And I'm sure that if you like consistently used it, yeah, it would get better. It's the same kind of process. Once as you've st- been waxing. stung by a thousand bees, like <laughs> what's a thousand more, right? <laughs> no big deal. You know, deal. I'm sure. I'm sure some people will love it. And actually, I epilators are not very expensive either. You can get one usually for less than about thirty dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not. It's worth trying if if you want to try it out. And like I said, there's no. You don't need any products. There's no. Like you can't really, really actually injure yourself with an epilator mm, like mm-hmm. it's not gonna take out your skin or or anything like that it's yeah, just you're like, not gonna cut yourself you're not gonna you like, have to mm-hmm. you have to really get used to it and I was like you know you what really commit <laughs> I'm shaving has been working for me for a long time so I'm just gonna stick with that um <laughs> but, but yeah the epilator <laughs> okay I did end up returning actually because I'd bought it from the manufacturer yeah didn't work for me. Never again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Excellent. The, okay. The next, and this is kind of going to go back to the first time I was a guest on the show, but just buying too much in bulk <laughs> in general is a bad zero waste fail. But most memorably, and I actually had forgotten about this. My roommate, my old roommate and dear friend Stas reminded me of this because I had, I had phoned him and I asked him like, Hey, my sister and I are like coming up with zero waste fills. And like, you know, he knew me at my most, you know, smallest jar, least yeah, trash. zero wasty. And he said, Oh, do you remember the chickpeas? <laughs> and I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, well, the time that you bought too many chickpeas, and I'm like, too many oh, chickpeas. yeah. Oh, my gosh. So <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking here. But <laughs> chickpeas are something that I do eat quite a bit of. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a vegetarian. I make a lot of hummus. And Marianne can put chickpeas into everything. Like, she's made chickpea <laughs> everything. Yeah, I love chickpeas. <laughs> I use dry chickpeas. I make chickpea flour. Chickpeas are a big part of my diet. Anyway, at one point in grad <laughs> Did they school, become the biggest part of your diet? <laughs> at one point, <laughs> I bought like a 50-pound bag of chickpeas. <laughs> like, from, I can't possibly buy like individual oh bags of chickpeas. I need to yeah, buy. Yeah, I decided I, yeah, I bought, I think I bought it from like a Indian restaurant supply store in Toronto. <laughs> what is up with you like contacting distributors? They're like, <laughs> ma'am, like we don't sell to individuals. <laughs> like, you do you run an Indian restaurant? <laughs> no. Also, I just... like 
Just for the listeners, was this also the same time that you were living in that like very small Toronto apartment still? Yeah, I'm sure. Your bedroom like, was like, yeah, it had to be like 100 square feet. Like I didn't have furniture, but I had a industrial <laughs> barrel of, in- of vinegar. Anyway, yeah, so I ordered this. It, I think actually, you know what? Okay. In my defense, I don't think it was 50 pounds. I think it was 25 pounds of chickpeas. That's still a um, lot of chickpeas, Marianne. And <laughs> I brought it home. Was this dehydrated chickpeas? Dry chickpeas, yeah. So like a sack. Dried a chickpeas. Sack dried like chickpeas. A 25 pound bag is pretty big of like a dried <laughs> good. <laughs> So this is the best part. So, okay, I did have some furniture in my tiny little room in Toronto. I had a, a love seat couch and a bed. Yes. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I I don't know what I was thinking, but you know, I have this huge bag of chickpeas. It doesn't fit in the in our kitchen. I don't have any space there. Yeah. So I actually put this giant bag of chickpeas for whatever reason it wouldn't fit underneath the love seat <laughs> it was so, too big <laughs> i actually like this is so cuckoo bananas i can't believe i'm even <laughs> talking about this but my love seat had like a hollow back like it wasn't it was just fabric over frame there was no like upholstery inside of it mm-hmm I don't know how to describe this. I don't even think that they make couches like this. Yeah, anymore. I was like, this is the it's most really uncomfortable old. couch in the world. <laughs> yeah, it had cushions over top of it, but the frame itself. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't solid wood or anything. Anyway, so I actually put the bag of chickpeas like inside this love seat, which like for the most part, like you could not tell that it was in there. But but like occasionally if you sat down and shifted, you'd be like what like it just made like a weird hard sound this isn't like the chickpeas <laughs> being stored in your room also isn't linked to like one time <laughs> i i've heard a story of a raccoon <laughs> getting in your room oh, yeah. oh god uh, yeah. anyway so i'm hoping that these two stories are linked or that the chickpeas did not bait in this raccoon but um, no but that's a, that's a story that's for a, a different, different story but yeah oh my god yeah anyway so i just had this like throughout grad school I had this giant sack of chickpeas and I like I would use like a third of a cup at a time so I would go <laughs> to my room to the couch take this bag of chickpeas out of my couch <laughs> and like go and soak my beans anyway I did eventually eat all those chickpeas yeah I went through them but like Stas like still makes fun of me for that and <laughs> And this is like even more embarrassing as if I didn't learn from that. I actually did a similar thing with popcorn when I lived in Arkansas. I bought a 50-pound sack of popcorn. A 50-pound sack of popcorn? And I put it – I have like a ottoman that I put some of it in. And I'm still eating that popcorn actually. I've had (laughs) it for like two years. Um, Yeah. I don't know. Does popcorn go bad? Well, it was the kernels. They weren't popped. It wasn't popped, but – well, a anyway, fifty-pound kind of... bag of popped popcorn would be like a little bit outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned my lesson on the on restaurant buying... supply. Like that's ridiculous. I've stopped doing that. Thankfully, I still do buy. I'll try and buy a larger size of of staples like that, like a big 
sack of rice rather than like a bunch of little boxes of rice and yeah. stuff. But mm-hmm. and thankfully, I've never had any problems with mice or animals. <laughs> I mean, other than <laughs> the, the raccoon, one raccoon, but that was an isolated <laughs> incident. <laughs> the, raccoon, the raccoon was not a ongoing problem it was a one-time yes event. <laughs> um, sorry i don't want to confuse the listeners it's just <laughs> the raccoon okay i feel like i should tell that story but anyway my roommate had gone away for the weekend and left his window open but his window had a screen but he had left some granola bars on his as you do when you go away for table, the weekend I <laughs> and i came home one night and i thought that he had come home early because i heard something moving around in his room and I was like Stas Stas is that you (laughs) and like no response but I could hear something in there and I was like that's so weird and so and again like apparently I didn't have any boundaries as a 25 year old because now I think I probably if I had heard somebody and was calling their name and didn't they didn't respond to you like while their door was closed Yeah. yeah anyway I like opened the door and sure enough, a raccoon had like clawed its way through the screen yeah. of his bedroom and was eating, had ripped open the granola bar. Anyway, it was on the um, way to the chickpeas next, or, <laughs> but but Marianne found him in time. But yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's another thing is like, you know, some of this bulk food stuff, like you do, like don't yeah, do that. Yeah, you want to be mindful because you don't want to be... You don't want to be wasteful, right? Like if yeah. if something had happened, God forbid, <laughs> to that bag well, of chickpeas in the back of yeah. your couch. Or like, and you know, it had gotten moist or something. Like you also have to kind of consider that. Yeah. And like I was pretty careful about it. Like I did seal up the bag and stuff and I didn't just like leave it loose in the couch. <laughs> but, but at the same time, like now I think about that and I'm like, Ooh, you know, that's just not super hygienic. Don't, don't, I wouldn't do that again. And even <laughs> the popcorn, I put it in this ottoman that I had for a while and I would take it out, but it was in sealed plastic bags in there. And again, is that really that zero waste if I'm using yeah. plastic bags? So <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, I, I'm not, I don't do that stuff anymore. Um, I'm a little bit more sensible. But <laughs> yeah. Well, what oh are gosh. some other things that you did do? <laughs> um, well, the, so another thing, again, it's all about figuring out what's practical for your life and your situation. And so we we keep mentioning, you know, I lived with roommates when I was in school in yeah. Toronto. And thankfully, I am still friends with all of my roommates to this day. Like, we're all cool. And they like definitely saw some weird stuff <laughs> between me brushing my teeth with like black charcoal and, yeah. <laughs> and like the couch chickpeas. You know, the faint smell of um, vinegar that just followed you around. <laughs> the industrial vinegar vinegar barrel. Yeah. Um, another thing that I did was I got um, composting worms. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. And oh god they're so they were so like again my roommates are were so kind about this but I did get so again I didn't have a car so I had no way of like driving to a store Mm -hmm. um, like a farm supply store or somewhere that would actually have composting worms so Mm -hmm. I actually got a pound of red wigglers like delivered to my house oh yeah you bought them online didn't you (laughs) yeah and (laughs) because they're like live I somebody had to be like for context, you guys, like a pound of red wigglers is quite a bit. Like that's 
it, I yeah, I guess it's not like a ton, but like a, a pound of butter. Think of that in like live worms. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I'm cool with it now, but like it is a little bit of resting <laughs> to get that yeah. in the mail. But because I had ordered them online. <laughs> Did your roommates have to like sign for it? Yeah, one of my roommates had to sign for it because they had like, they had like, told me that the window was going to be at this time in the afternoon and it they, it ended up being earlier or later. I can't remember. Uh, yeah, we've got a delivery of live, <laughs> a, pound a pound of live worms. worms and your roommates are like, who's it for? Marianne Williams? Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I'll sign right here. So <laughs> that checks out. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I initially had grand ideas of keeping the worm composter inside of our house mm-hmm. and keeping it under the sink. My dear, sweet, lovely, tolerant, open-minded roommates compromised and asked <laughs> if they could leave if I could leave it outside. <laughs> um, uh... And I I thought, you know what, that's pretty reasonable. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I did have a very successful worm compost in Toronto for about a year. And then I actually, um, I gave away <laughs> my my worms to a community garden um, oh, in nice. Toronto when I moved. And I actually ended up selling that composter and I bought a different one um, when I moved to the States. But yeah, composting worms are fantastic. I had a great experience with them and they were never gross. Yeah, but that's, I also, I have my compost. Um, it's something that we're going to like talk about a little bit more yeah. probably on the podcast but yeah I like once again was kind of inspired by Marianne and she helped me um like the initial setup that I had is a bit different than the one that I have now but um she kind of helped recommend when I did like upgrade my setup to get uh like the worm factory so not that you need to go out and buy something but yeah she was just like very instrumental in helping me figure out a system that worked really well and yeah I have my beautiful worm factory in my in my closet in my one bedroom apartment that I love so <laughs> yeah, yeah I I'm a big fan pet. of room composting Pets. I think that's one of the easiest ways that people can really reduce their their waste like I said my roommates were they were like okay with it but they were still pretty freaked out I really appreciated that they like heard me out and that <laughs> and that they offered a compromise you know especially because like probably like this is just me guessing but also you had a very small apartment with like pretty <laughs> small amounts of storage and i just think about like my apartment and how limited i am with space and like i don't have to share it with <laughs> several people and yeah being like maybe taking up half of the one cupboard under the sink that we have like maybe like maybe not but but you can still have it <laughs> Well, I just a slightly different location. I mean, I had talked to them and stuff before I got it. But I think the thing is like with worm, like (laughs) with worm composting, like when you're talking to people about it, it's like, oh, yeah, that sounds cool. We can put our food scraps in there. But then it's kind of a different thing to like look at a box of worms and be like, oh, my God, this is going into my house. Yeah. So I. Actually, as someone who literally, I just fed my worms, I gave them their feeding. (laughs) They're like biweekly feeding. And I did like my worms have been doing quite well as of late. Like they've really like (laughs) taken off. Like it took them a while, but they're like really, yeah. So they're keeping up with my compost for the first time ever. And I like open (laughs) the bin and I, yeah, put in 
compost probably two weeks ago and it is like obliterated and there's just so many worms in there. And of course I'm like, you know, I'm used to it. So I'm like aerating it and mixing it up, but I can guarantee that if, yeah, if someone was like brand new to like that idea and they walked in and just saw like literally this mass of worms, I'd be like, uh, a little much <laughs> to like just have in your closet, but um, yeah, it's actually easier. It's, it's like very simple and clean and it's not as icky as a lot of people think it is. Yeah. I, like I said, I love worm composting. Um, we love it. And once you have your system set up, it's like, you don't really have to worry about it. But yeah, my, my room, my sweet, sweet, tender roommates were a little bit shocked by that one, I think. <laughs> yeah. All right. So then the next thing, and Emily, I haven't actually told you this full story, but I think one thing to keep in mind when you go zero waste is like figuring out what is realistic to do yourself and what is not. Mm-hmm. And this, my most recent example of this was when I tried to make some underwear for myself. <laughs> this, this was such a dumb idea. But like, um, you know what I haven't tried yet? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Pandemic times, I was like, yeah, getting creative. Well, okay. So actually, I okay. I wish- I'm not gonna lie. I also had this fleeting <laughs> thought because I have all of this extra t-shirt material, and I'm like, what could I turn these scraps into? And I, I was know like, what is stretchy that I have, and I was like, oh, like maybe underwear. And then I thought about it and was like, I don't know if that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so but, you know, Biz is a quite a talented seamstress i believe um, yeah she sews like lots of stuff and so and she just made, like whip something up she made yeah she made her own bra yes that's amazing um mm. so you know this might be actually something that she really can do <laughs> she had inspired you <laughs> but yeah so for so over the pandemic i don't know what struck me but i was like i was looking for projects to kind of teach myself sewing and i figured that like underwear step one easy or something I don't know I thought the underwear <laughs> might be easy and I had I have tons of scrap silk and linen and cotton and stuff <laughs> wool. from other projects <laughs> yeah, wool. Sorry. Um, I started felting my own underwear um <laughs> anyway I I have a bin of scrap fabric that I keep you know I, I wouldn't say that I'm I am not a talented tailor at all, mm-hmm. but I do try and keep worn out clothes and I'll cut them up and try and use them for other things. And at yeah. one time I, I did some, I made like a rag rug and I attempted to make a quilt at one point of old t-shirts and stuff. Anyway, so I had this, like this box of old fabric. I figured, oh, I'll turn this all into homemade underwear. <laughs> so <laughs> naturally. I like found this pattern online and I kind of looked at it and I was like, you know what? I bet I can like recreate this. So I drew it out on some old paper that I had. And of course, like you need elastic. Yeah. <laughs> and this is the part that <laughs> it's pretty hard like, to make what? underwear without elastic. <laughs> and I didn't have any elastic. So Emily, <laughs> this is the part that's so dumb. <laughs> I was like, oh, but you know what? I do have a ton of elastic <laughs> from when I go to the farmer's market and they give me elastics on my 
vegetables. Oh my god! So I have this drawer full of old rubber bands from the farmers market that I've kept yep. for years, and yeah. I'm like, from uh, finally, a project <laughs> I can use them. This is the so, opportunity that these bands have been waiting this for. This is how I can use them. I can turn this raw rubber into <laughs> elastic from underwear. Anyway, needless to say, I did I did make maybe a couple of pairs. But and how was the fit? <laughs> it was like, I imagine, like, you know, like old-timey bloomers? Yeah. That... I don't like know, whatever, like pantaloons. cloth diapers or something. It was like <laughs> about that. Um, super uncomfortable. Like, so there's actually a certain, like you want to use a, I forget the actual, what it's actually a called. Serger? No, the type of no elastic idea. that you want to use. It's like woven. Anyway, there's a reason that I'm you don't really want <laughs> like a raw elastic band. <laughs> right? Like in... <laughs> So similar to the epilator, it rips out hair. (laughs) Um, So anyway, these I tried to use up these farmer's market elastic bands into homemade underwear. It was like (laughs) a total disaster. It taught me a lot about different sewing techniques, but it was just like awful. These were like the worst. This is like the worst (laughs) idea I'd ever had. At one point, I tried to like put my jeans on over top. (laughs) It was like, it was like, just so uncomfortable. It was Was the worst. And of course, like I used like old pillowcases and like just (laughs) stuff that is like not good for underwear. Anyway, I gave up on that project and I am not going to attempt it again. Not currently pursuing old pillowcase and farmer's market elastic band (laughs) undies anymore. Yeah, that's a bad, bad idea. And then... Okay, and this is my That's last so one. so interesting. Then, yeah, maybe Biz will have... Maybe we can chat about how to make actual underwear. I'm sure Biz has has much more insight awful. into how to do this. But yeah, my fooling around with my sewing machine, this was a terrible, terrible idea. <laughs> um, and then the... Okay, so this is the last thing that I wanted to talk about. And uh-huh. this is actually quite funny. But so this was back in my Toronto days. I went to a a permaculture conference. <laughs> uh-huh. and, <laughs> and permaculture is very cool. I'm sure many of your listeners would be very interested. It's in very, like for me, I work in the environmental industry. Like, I feel like that's very spot on, but mm-hmm. like, it's, it's a, seems a little interesting that like a librarian <laughs> would go. I mean, it's like very cool, but anyways, just tell us more about what happened. Right now. <laughs> so, I go. To, I sign up for this permaculture conference, and there's like these workshops throughout the day. I don't know what I was looking at, but I sort of like. <laughs> there was like a bunch. There was a bunch about composting, and mm-hmm. one was. I think it was. I think the workshop was actually called "Death to Plastic," and I was like, "Oh, that sounds cool," and I don't think I really. <laughs> That's I did. right at my alley. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's really neat. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So I signed up for it. I I didn't really read the description. <laughs> yeah, Marianne was and, just like sold by yeah, I was like, any oh, anti-plastic cool. movement. So I go to this workshop and then, well, first of all, I realized that like I was the youngest person in the room. 
<laughs> by like several decades. <laughs> and I'm like, mm-hmm. that's kind of weird. Like it was just oh, odd because the, the rest of the conference was not, you know, particularly senior or anything, but this particular <laughs> workshop was. And then, was then I realized. Was an older generation. <laughs> <laughs> then I realized it was a DIY coffin making <laughs> workshop so it, the, the so you went to a coffin making workshop that was called death <laughs> to plastic so the workshop okay in its defense the workshop was not you didn't leave with a so, finished coffin so Marianne, yeah, <laughs> built her own coffin that she's to, it was she's to be buried in no plastic. But this, um, <laughs> there was a, a club. Actually, there's many clubs. So the nat- there is a natural death movement. Um, and these are people who are advocates for not using formaldehyde or, or other plastic or harmful preservatives in, oh, yeah. in the death industry. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I did not know anything about this. I had never <laughs> thought about this before. And it is it is actually quite a real problem. But anyway, this man who was leading the workshop, I mean, he was leading a lecture on bringing awareness to right. the use of, of harmful chemicals in the death industry. But then, you know, he runs a like build your own coffin club <laughs> of which yeah. some of the people that were in the workshop were members of. Okay. Um, and I was just totally like, this is this is not, not what, what I, I thought was this expecting. was. But you know what? I thought it was really interesting. And it led me to kind of like <laughs> think about that. Yeah, because I was going to um, say, that's not even something that would have crossed my radar at all. As, no, as, but... Yeah, it's not something that you think about, I guess, kind of as maybe a younger person. But yeah, definitely not a zero waste industry. Um, mm-hmm. Huge, huge, huge amounts of energy and chemicals are used in in the death industry, like in embalming um, people and yeah, things like and, that. And yeah, you know, all sorts of things. So, anyway, zero waste death is you know something I didn't know anything about, but I found myself at this workshop about it. I learned all about it. That that wasn't necessarily a fail, but it was just like a bizarre moment. <laughs> it was just life. a bit of a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> um, where I was like, oh man, I had definitely never thought about this. But anyway. But no, so that's, that's interesting because I like that's something that I have never thought about either. So I think that that's, yeah, something maybe that we need to like learn more about. And if there's any natural, natural death, death listeners that like have any more information about that for us so that we can learn a little bit more about that. That'd be really cool. Yeah. Well, I guess on that note, Marianne. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry, that's weird. <laughs> um, bit of a somber ending, but unfortunately, no, you have not built your own coffin yet. <laughs> no, I have not. <laughs> but when you do, it'll be, you'll contact the DIY coffin guy and, <laughs> and go from there. Okay, well, thanks so much, Marianne. <laughs> that was just like a series of episodes of absolutely hilarious things. And I hope that our listeners maybe like learned a little bit or well, maybe you took should some tell them takeaways. to write in. Write in with your own DIY fails or Oh my like gosh, yeah, you you guys really should. If you have any zero waste fails. Any zero waste fails or like things that have just been absolutely hilarious. Like, please let us know if you write us an email and it's hilarious 
we will read it on the podcast because we can do that for you. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Marianne, for being a guest. It was so fun to have you on. I loved hearing these stories. And some of them I'm hearing for the first time. Honestly, I kind of like this. This sounds like maybe a little bit selfish, but I'm like, I kind of hope that failed things keep on happening to you so that we can keep on (laughs) laughing about them. Because (laughs) oh, I'm sure they will. I always have like, I just find it so hilarious. (laughs) Okay, well, Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Like I said before, send us an email if you have a hilarious zero waste fail or something that you want to share. Or yeah, maybe you know a little bit more about some of the topics that Marianne talked about. That would be great. We would love to connect with you. So send us an email at becominglesspod at gmail.com. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at becominglesspod and head over to becominglesspod.podbean.com for all the ways to connect and listen. And if you're so inclined, you can also donate that way. So we really hope to have you guys back next time. Every day we can be a little less than we were yesterday. Sorry, I just uh, had to calm myself down there a little bit.